You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 230, with Kelly Resendez. Today's conversation is about identifying your blocks so that you, too, can live your life of abundance. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, and I am just freaking super excited this morning. I'm recording this early in the morning before I even get my little guy to school because today, at the time of this recording, which is 7 November, I will be flying to Newark, New Jersey to hang out with a couple veterans and Tony Robbins. So by the time you're listening to this episode on the 8th of November, I will be at the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, and I have to give a huge shout out and thanks to HandUpNow.org. It's a brand new organization for veterans started by Scott Morris and Kathy Rizigo Wickline. I hope I pronounced that right. And they are doing amazing things for veterans and if you want to learn more about handupnow.org, I had a conversation with Scott Morris. And you can listen to our conversation and how he got handupnow.org started. It will blow your mind. So go check out episode 217. You can go to menofabundance.com forward slash 217 and listen to my conversation with Scott Morris. I also have to give a shout out to my buddy Isaac Day. He is the one who introduced me to Scott and Kathy and handupnow.org. And if you want to learn more about Isaac, you can check out episode 100 because I had an amazing conversation with Isaac Day on episode 100. So make sure you go check out those two episodes and make sure you share Men of Abundance with everyone in your circle. Be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with those who you come in contact with because you never know what somebody else is going through because most people don't just come right out and share the trials and tribulations that they're going through. Most people don't come right out and share their blocks that they have in their life. So share these conversations with others and just know that it's going to make a difference in their life. And talking about blocks, that's what we're talking about today. Today is about getting over your hurdles, getting over your blocks, getting over your fears and your self-limiting beliefs in yourself. That's basically what the conversation is about today. And this is huge because of all the people I talk to, and I talk to so many business owners, even people who have already done amazing things, they still have blocks in their journey, including myself, that we have to get over. And we cannot do that by ourselves. We must have somebody else in our life to help us, one, see the block sometimes, because sometimes we don't see the block in our own way, and an outsider looking in can see the block, especially somebody who is skilled and somebody who has many experiences in life and may have lived through what you're going through or something similar to what you're going through right now. So it's extremely important to get into some sort of mastermind group, a coach, a mentor, so that you can identify your blocks and then go over them, around them, or just completely obliterate them and move on with your life. 
Now, I got to tell you guys right up front, our featured guest today specifically speaks to the ladies, and that's who she focuses on, just like I focus on working with men. And to make no mistake about it, what we talk about today will benefit men and women equally. In fact, the book we talk about today will also do that, and we talk about that during this conversation. So our featured guest today is Kelly. So our featured guest today is Kelly Resendez. She is a mom, business executive, best-selling author, and influencer. She loves helping others with strategies to overcome self-sabotage and find more joy. Author of the new and already popular book, Big Voices, is also founder of the movement the book is named for, Big Voices, a woman-empowered network. Kelly is passionate about helping people increase joy, reduce suffering, and learn to think differently. Her own journey has helped her create the strategies and tools that she shares throughout the, her books. Currently, Kelly is the Executive Vice President of Paramount Partners Group, which is a division of Lone Pal. She uses the same concept of mindfulness, self-discovery, and goal-setting to help those in the mortgage and real estate industries create a successful business. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Kelly Resendez. Kelly, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful day here in California today and excited to be here. Awesome. It's a beautiful, gorgeous morning here and, well, almost afternoon here in uh, Florida. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some rain sometime during the day, but because that's just the way we are here in Florida this time of year. Exactly. And uh, so I'm just excited to talk with you. Um, Interview Valet introduced us. And I just have to give them some love. What has been your experience in working with Interview Valet? Yeah, they've been absolutely amazing, you know, in trying to get my story and message out there so that I can impact people around the world. They really have connected me to some of the most extraordinary hosts, um, including yourself, and have allowed me to do that. So it's been wonderful. That is beautiful. Yeah, I, I get so many guests from them, and they know exactly who I want to talk to. And early on, when I was talking with Karen Schwab, uh, Tom's wife, you know, she was like, well, it's men of abundance, but do you talk with women? I was like, well, absolutely I do, because like 40% and almost 50% of my listeners, as I can tell from my website anyway, are women, unless the men are going on their spouse's uh, profiles. Yeah, well, I think we all have to learn from one another. So I totally agree. I totally agree. As we were talking pre show, it's super important for us to learn from each other and have these conversations. And anytime I can get into, you know, learn a little bit more about my wife, even though we've been married for 26 years come December, um, I still don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely difficult to. And I think all of us go on a journey every single day, too. And if we're growing, we aren't the same person that we were yesterday. So it is that constant intention of trying to get to know those around you even deeper. Absolutely. And that's what's so fun about it. You know, we just don't stay stagnant. We grow constantly growing. And as long as we're communicating and talking on a regular basis and understanding each other, then we're growing with each other. And it's just so much fun. It's fun to me anyway. That's great. So before we get too much into our conversation here, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Kelly? You know, I'm grateful for new beginnings. I feel like every day that I'm in the business world and whatnot, I get to create a new vision for how I want to feel with what I do. 
And in in my professional life right now, I've just I've had a lot of opportunity to be able to make adjustments in order to get closer to my vision. And so I'm grateful that I have that ability to see that I can create whatever possibility that I really want to professionally, and then I'm able to follow through on it. Yeah, that's super exciting. Uh, I love that you said that so much. It's it's probably I've never actually heard anybody say that as far as one of their um, the reason why they're grateful for today but that is an excellent answer yeah it's just something i'm facing right now i think all of us that are in the business world you know it's an adventure and how we deal with you know market changes being in the mortgage industry we've heard words like compression and disruption and and there's definitely a little bit of a slowdown out there and being a leader in this in this space, you know, really, I'm just grateful that I have the ability to be able to make and write a new story at any time, because otherwise, we're going to be victims of whatever, you know, industry challenge that that we face. Yeah, you know, I've heard this many times in the business world and from other mentors of mine, and people I've followed, basically, what got you to where you're at today is not going to be what gets you to the next level or even keeps you at the level that you're currently at because life is constantly changing. The market is constantly changing. People are changing. So much is changing around us, technology. And if you're not keeping up with it and growing with it and at best staying ahead of it, then honestly, you're just going to fall to the wayside. You are. And I mean, we've had so many examples of that, you know, whether um, it's the iPod or, you know, a VHS, you know, disc or, or whatever it is like you have to be thinking five years from now. You always have to look at not only who am I going to be five years from now? Am I going to look back and be grateful and excited for the decisions that I made five years ago? You also have to do it professionally. Is your company going to be grateful for the things that you were doing? You know, in the mortgage industry right now, we faced just a lot of disruption from online lenders, discount lenders. You know, millennials have different behavior than baby boomers do. And so we really are having to be creative about reaching multiple audiences. within the industry so that we can be prepared. Five years from now, a lot of baby boomers are going to be in their last home. They're probably never going to refinance again. And so we've got to find a way to reach the people that are that are in the younger demographic. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, make it affordable to them or appeal to their needs and desires. And yeah, I just totally get that. And I'm very fortunate in that I was just thinking about it, actually, as we as you were talking and saying that, that through the podcast and through my networks over the last couple of years, I am just connected to some of the most amazing people in the ind- in various industries, many industries, finance industry, technology, marketing, because that's my niche. With all the social media and the technology, a lot of people say that our personal touch is getting further and further away. And I don't know that I completely agree with that because, quite frankly, some of my best friends today I've met over the last two or three years online And I've met some of them face to face, but many of them I haven't. And I mean, I could literally, I have a just a list of people I can call if I have any particular problem or know somebody who has that problem and I can reach out to them. Yeah. And I think there's this balance. And for anybody, you know, that's out there and you're, you're wanting to create an abundant life, like we can't do that without relationships and love. Like you just can't, like you can create all the success in your life, 
financially, professionally, et cetera. But if you don't have those deeper relationships, then the quality of your life is just not going to be as high as it would be otherwise. And so we've got to be careful, you know, as we use artificial intelligence and, you know, the digital age comes that we can never replace that value of just that face-to-face person that's able to help us with our emotions. And, and that's really where service comes in. And, you know, at my mortgage company, Paramount Partners Group, that's our number one value proposition for consumers is that we do have that concierge feel to make sure that we're going to walk you from start to finish as you're buying a home. And as much as you think that you can point, click, hit enter, whatnot on your computer to do that, it really is impossible. So there's so much that technology has brought to us from an efficiency standpoint, but that bonding, that relationship, that ability to be able to soothe somebody during the most stressful time in their life is not going to be replaced. So no matter what industry you're in, you've got to make that commitment that I'm going to continue to expand and deepen relationships with people that are like-minded and on the same path as me while I'm utilizing technology and artificial intelligence to become more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. I absolutely agree with that. So we already got to know you a little bit, but how would you describe yourself? Yeah, so I would honestly describe myself as just somebody that is extremely passionate about growing. And I look at every day as an opportunity to just learn and and deepen, you know, my own value from from just a self-love perspective. I think there are many people out there that struggle with that not enough idea in their life. And for me, you know, my mindset is is really important. So it's something that I spend a lot of time cultivating. I'm a mom, so I've got two teenagers, and man, did they have me up my game on patience and unconditional love in this season. You know, they definitely give you a run for your money, and and they've been my greatest teachers ever. And so I'm just somebody, you know, I've accepted I'm really type A. I'm a very driven person, but I'm also very spiritual and believe that consciousness and awareness and self-actualization are absolutely possible with intention for a type A person. And I would tell you that, you know, in, in writing my story, and I had to change it considerably, you know, 15 years ago, that I'm just driven completely by love and contribution. And although significance and perfectionism tend to pop up every once in a while and still try to take over in my life, I have the awareness, you know, just to see them and know that they're not going to bring me long-term joy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned writing your story. um, And I just find that so important. I've been talking more and more with guys lately because I've learned this to be very valuable myself is to figuratively, but also literally write your story, write your book as you go along in life, but also try to recall things that happened in your past and correlate that to where you are and who you are today. So in that regard, and and staying on that on that subject, I would like for you to share with us that kick in the gut moment that you're willing to share with us, because I'm sure you've got yeah. many, and really make us feel that. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, my kick in the gut moment was what I would just say was the very beginning of my awakening. And I was in the early 2000s, you know, a top producing loan officer, high six figure earner, had the 6,000 square foot house, just lived what anyone else would have looked in and said a blessed life. And 
through that, my mom, who is 57 years old, was diagnosed with dementia. Mm -hmm. And she was my audience. She truly was. She was the person whose attention and significance I sought the most. And in one fell swoop, as this disease started to kind of come into her life, you know, she no longer cared about all of the achievement that I'd been working my whole life for. And I had to go through the most gut-wrenching absolute look in the mirror that was humanly possible because I, I just, I didn't even know who I was. I didn't know what I was living for. And at that time I was working 60 plus hours a week. And probably the first thing that would have come out of my mouth, if somebody said, how are you? I would have been like, I'm fantastic. I'm crushing it. Like works great. You know, because I had everything at that point when it comes to materialistic items. And so I went through a transition that lasted probably about two years. And in that period of time, you know, I lost my grandmother, who was the most compassionate and, and just greatest teacher that I've had in my life on, on being present. And, you know, just the loss of her. And I also had my daughter in 2003. And so the combination of those three things just kind of happening within a really short period of time brought me to my knees and really made me question things that I'd never thought about before. Like, what is this all for? Like, why am I doing this? You know, my mom had just worked her tail off her entire life and accumulated so much in material items. And, you know, she, she definitely did very well. And all of a sudden she didn't care about any of it. All she cared about was sitting on the couch and maybe rubbing my hand. And so during that season, you know, I had my mom and my daughter in diapers at the same time. And it was one of those where I literally, you know, wallowed in self-pity until I made that decision. Like, I can no longer live this way. And I'm going to start working on myself. And it started my personal growth journey that continues to this day. And and, you know, I know it's it's one of those where all of us feel challenged, like, how am I going to figure this out? And that's how I felt at that moment. And I felt helpless. I felt like I wanted to feel sorry for myself because I was losing my mom slowly. I wanted to feel sorry for myself that I didn't get help from my dad and my sister like I wanted to. And, you know, I stayed there for a minute and I realized that it was not a fun place to be. So I had to write a new story for myself. And what was that new story? Yeah, the new story just started on a journey where I had to get my physical health in check. You know, like many people and listeners that are out there, I was very dependent on food, alcohol, entertainment to distract me from the stress and lack of balance that I felt um, professionally and personally. And so I started with my physical health and really just, you know, was able to stop any any dependence on food to make me feel better you know a lot of us just work a long day and then we feel like we in order to feel better we're going to go eat you know a large pepperoni pizza or whatever it may be your preferred method but i had to cut that that you know cord with food and just got my physical health in check and then i went the spiritual route and i really just dug into the consciousness space and stayed there for many years, um, studying under, you know, people like Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, and really went that direction. And in about 2011, I would say that I kind of found my center, which was this balance between the achievement and the spiritual world. You know, I wasn't completely ready to go off of the achievement space during that season. And, and I had to find that balance because I think what happens is when we're trying to write a new story, sometimes we swing our pendulum 
pendulum so far that we lose ourselves a little bit. And it takes a while just to to settle back in into that authentic space where you truly are the person that you're intended to be and believe that you can create whatever possibility that you can imagine for your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. That's it's not easy sometimes <laughs> sharing that kick in the gut moment and reliving that, but um, it's part of your story and you got to own that. And guys, I'm talking to you specifically and ladies, you have to own that story and, you know, realize ultimately, you know, you got people around you, you have a support uh, channel around you, but ultimately you got to take care of you. You do. And, you know, we always have two choices, like always, like there's two choices and I think we forget about it. So we have two choices. We have to ask ourselves, you know, can I change my situation or can I change the perception of my situation? And in my case, you know, I, I, I couldn't choose to abandon my mom. I had to sit with the discomfort of watching this woman who had been the matriarch of my family slowly lose the ability to, you know, Tell the time, go to the restroom on her own, open a car door, you know, so many of these things. Or I had to just change the way that I looked at it. And I did. And part of that story was I cultivated this deep sense of gratitude for how present she had become because her brain and her overthinking wasn't controlling her life. Like she seriously could just look at a flower and it was almost like she could feel the color of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was something I said is my intention that I was going to become more present too. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. That is really beautiful. So at what point did Big Voices come along? Because I'm looking at your site here, bigvoicesrise.com. And you got the book, Big Voices. Where did that come from? Who is that talking to? Yeah, so Big Voices came from, I mean, I'm going to tell you, to be honest, like when you start a personal growth journey and you really set down this path, like for the first year or two, you're like on fire and you want to tell everyone about it. And I mean, I remember in 2005, 2006, I was working with a a spiritual advisor then sharing that, oh my gosh, I've got to start speaking on this more because I'd already been speaking in the mortgage and real estate space for a while. And, you know, I really wanted to get out there. And and what she cautioned me on was like, you're really just absolutely – like addicted to growing at this moment until you get past that. Like I would just encourage you to do the work that you need to in solitude and not feel the need to share it with so many people. And when you get to that place where you truly know that you've reached this authentic place where you believe that you're a masterpiece, not that you're trying to work on feeling like you're a masterpiece, then you'll be ready. Little did I know it was going to take another 10 to 12 years. Um, And I got to a space where it just was burning in me to share this. And the subtitle is really just an invitation to awaken. And that's what I realized that in the beginning, I wanted to go shake everyone awake. I wanted to raise consciousness on a global scale. And I wanted to be able to just share this information with people as if that was going to be the key to their awakening. And now I've since realized that it really is just one of those where I invite you to do this. Like, It's going to be difficult work, but it's going to bring you so much joy and such a greater, you know, amount of abundance and prosperity in your life. But if you're not ready to do the work, then it's not time for you to go on the journey. And some people just honestly aren't going to go on the journey. And so I would tell you, like with big voices, 
it took a couple years to write. I had to start over um, after losing uh, some of my work that I had done. And part of that was just, that was part of my journey was God was like, that wasn't good enough. It was time to lose that. We got to start again. And, you know, that whole idea that Tony Robbins says that life happens for you, you know, it really was true because I started over and I wrote it and it was as if, you know, I absolutely was just being being pulled to do this. Um, there was nothing that I had to really work hard about. And it was just, you know, I set the intention every single day that for the next nine months I was going to write a certain number of words. And I was able to do that and just really get it complete. So Big Voices is my invitation to people to really just awaken and to start writing a new story for themselves. And in doing that, you know, I give you strategies and other things that work for me. And then I share some of the hard lessons, like with the fact that I got to a really lonely place because I didn't set the intention of connecting with more like-minded people that were going to support me on this journey. Wow. Well, first off, let me say I'm relieved because you mentioned that it you had to your your book took different directions. Yes. <laughs> because that's my mine has so far taken at least two or three direct different directions. I'm like, nope, this isn't where I wanted to go. So I started the podcast. Then nope, this isn't where I wanted to go. It just doesn't feel right. So I'm relieved in that regard. Uh, second, in the subtitle of your book, it says it's an invitation to women. Uh, we were talking pre-show. And, and you've said several times an invitation to people. How does, now, as I already mentioned, many of our listeners are women, but how can yeah. our, how can our gentlemen uh, listeners get, a, uh, get anything out of this? Yeah, well, I would tell you that, you know, my story was from a woman's viewpoint. And, and, you know, there are so many differences between men and women. And so some of the things that I talk about in the book, you know, like hormones and, and, you know, staying in your feminine state are going to apply to women more. But I honestly believe that any man, especially that wants to have a relationship with a woman is going to benefit from checking out, you know, the resources that we have, or even picking up a copy because we can learn so much about one another and you can support, you know, if you really want your spouse to come on this growth journey with you and cultivating more abundance, you know, knowing what that experience would be like for her or being able to support when you see herself sabotage herself or when you see overthinking and anxiety creep in, maybe being able to help with some of those strategies that I share in the book, you know, would be beneficial. And I, you know, I was on a, I was on a show the other day with somebody and they asked me the similar question and I said, you know, the simplest answer is to say, cause I'm not a man. Like that's why it was written for women is because I'm not a man, but I've definitely spoke to men, you know, for the last 20 years through my foundation to sustainable success platform, which is really about cultivating the person that you need to be in order to be successful in business. And there are so many similarities between men and women. We just have different preferred methods of sabotage, or we have different patterned, you know, thinking, um, that we go through that are probably going back to the beginning of man that we have to fight against. And so I hope one day to, uh, you know, give the men out there too um, some of the big voices view on, on how we can write a new story. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And listen, guys, part of the reason why I do have such a great connection with my wife is not just because we've been married for so long, but it's also because I read these type of books. 
to try to understand and get it from a woman's perspective because I do read like The Five Love Languages. Excellent, excellent book. It was written by a man. So I totally get that. And it, if it was written by a woman, it might be written differently. It could have been the same content, but it's in a different context. Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up five love languages. And, and I would tell you it's just when you put intention and focus on improving the quality of your relationships, the quality of your relationships is going to improve. Like it's that simple. You know, I just picked up five love languages for teenagers a couple weeks ago. Miraculous results. I mean, miraculous because, you know, I had always known as a child what my children's love languages were because I'm, I'm just so involved in personal growth and development. So like immediately I'm like, oh, quality time, you know, personal touch. That's easy. So it was really easy to parent my child before they became a teenager. And again, just there are times in our life where we need different things from one another. And I may have needed, you know, personal touch. And that's really was my love language. But I'm going through a rough season professionally and, and really acts of service is what's going to be a benefit to me. So we've always got to be in that intention space where we dive in and, and find more out about, you know, the person that's special to us. Right. Absolutely. Now, I want to backtrack on something that you mentioned, because I think it's important. And it's something that I've experienced in my own life. And I want to get your perspective on it. In that, on your personal growth journey, and you know, you say you kind of figured it out at one point, but it took another 12 years. Uh, I talk to guys all the time, and they seem to be, to anybody else, even to myself, the most motivating, uplifted type of person but then like just this morning, two guys contacted me or who are in a funk. And I'm like, D you <laughs> really? And but I know these guys personally very well. I want to point out that even though you are on the journey and you feel like you're on top of your game, and you fully understand yourself and where you want to go, don't beat yourself up too much when it's not all going right for you. And then you start beating yourself up again, like when you're starting something new. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, with my journey lasting so long, the first thing that I want to share is that at most points on that journey, um, I felt fantastic. Like I feel fantastic today, but I look at who I was yesterday and I'm like, wow, we, we did have some opportunity there that we could have been less judgmental or, or whatever it is that came up. So, you know, when you really look at, you know, it, it, it's not this idea of this is how long it's going to take you. It's that you're making a lifelong commitment to growing personally and professionally. And that's what's going to bring you joy because it's constantly, you know, really getting outside of your comfort zone. But with that being said, all of the consciousness and awareness in the world doesn't reduce the fact that we're human and humans have ups and downs. We have an emotional range and some of the ranges a lot of us just don't like. Like when we're sitting with the discomfort of being sad or, you know, being frustrated or any of those other things, like a lot of times it is easy to get into a funk. But what I've found about funks are it's just the simple truth is you need to reclarify what your vision is and you need to get extremely clear about what help you need in order to make that vision come true. Mm -hmm. And then 
you have to completely remove whatever block stands in the way between you and that vision. And for most of us, you know, the blocks are pretty simple. Like sometimes it's just isolation. So kudos to those men that reached out to you today because a lot of us just stay in self-suffering and isolation and then we feel bad for it and we don't share it and it gets worse and worse and worse and so when you come out of isolation you share whatever it is that you're holding you're going to get released that much faster and then some of us you know when we're in a funk We normally have some story or limiting belief that maybe we hadn't even uncovered during, you know, the season of doing our work that's really holding us back. So we've got to go back to that place and really just figure out, like, how do I trust myself more and how do I love myself more? And then the third piece is just, I mean, believing deep in your soul that when you are crystal clear about your vision and you are crystal clear about the help that's needed, that the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, I definitely call it God in my life because I'm very Mm faith-based, but that there is not a doubt in your mind that there are forces that are working in your favor and that it is a matter of time before all that help that you need is right before you and your story is going to unfold. So, you know, in your case, Wally, like the book, you know, having this deep trust in knowing that you want to share and impact men's lives all across the world with your story and with your writings and that you've dedicated so much time to learn from other people that have been able to create this in their own life so that you can share it, fully believing that it's just a matter of time that this is going to unfold and you're going to have the right amount of energy to get it to the finish line. So you've got to just believe that deep in your soul. So we all go through funks. Mine don't last very long. You know, this morning, to be honest, I woke up and I rewrote my vision out this morning because there was a few things that I needed to choose again. And that's where we've got to get to is just choose the life that you want and start making it happen. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. So real quickly, I'm a sucker for good news stories. Tell me some good news, a couple of good news stories that you'd like to share with us about what you've been doing and the impact you've made. Yeah. So I would say that my good news story right now is that I did exactly what I just told you. Um, You know, I really didn't know where Big Voices was going to take me. It was my passion project, you know, running a mortgage company and having a coaching company within the mortgage and real estate space and raising two teenagers kept my life pretty full. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote Big Voices, again, I felt pulled to write it. It didn't feel like it took a lot of energy, although it's a 340 page book. And I really just didn't didn't understand where I wanted to take this. And so over the summer, I was feeling that and I really just sat down and I wrote out the entire vision for where I wanted to take big voices and how I wanted to impact people around the world. And I actually wrote down, you know, I need help from other people that have a bigger audience that can connect me with somebody who my message might resonate with. You know, I hope and pray somebody listening today now has the faith and belief of knowing that they can create whatever possibility that they want in their own life when they're clear about their vision. And miraculously within a few days of writing this down, connection started coming to me that I had not even thought of before, whether it was being invited to speak on a world summit 
for, you know, women that are burned out or connecting with people like you through interview valet or just having, you know, people in the faith-based world reach out and offer support to me in prayer. I mean, it honestly was just amazing. And it was just that good news that I needed, that I'm on the right path. I'm going to keep doing and sharing what I'm doing and that, you know, the big voices movement is going to unfold in the way that it needs to. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. It is going to unfold in the way that it needs to. So we're at the point, Kelly, where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Yeah. Excellent. All of you amazing small business owners out there, I want to talk to you for just a second. Are you still having fun in your business? Is it still as fun as you thought it would be two, three, four, five years ago when you first got started? Chances are, if it's not, it's because you're not making the revenue that you thought you would. You're putting more hours in than you ever imagined that you ever would put into a job. And you're just really just kind of keeping it afloat. And that's not a great way to live. I want to help you with that. I want you to have as much fun as I'm having on a daily basis. I don't know that you'll ever be able to work out of your home like I do because of the nature of your business. But I want you to be able to spend more time with family and improve your health instead of degrade your health through spending more time at work, more time in the business. I want you working on your business instead of in your business. Now, if this is your first exposure to me, chances are you don't know me from anybody. And I totally get it that you would question, who is this Wally guy? What can he really do for me? So here's what I'm going to do for you, for all of you. I'm going to offer you 30 days free into two of my programs, my DIY program and my group mastermind program. I'm not going to lay it all out right here because I want to get back to the conversation, but go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. I've put a short video there introducing myself, and I've put some more information there that you can evaluate and take a look at what it is that I can do for your business. And look, I am willing to work with you for 30 days because I am very confident of the results that I can give you in your business in the first 30 days of you working with me. In fact, on our first 45-minute conversation, I'm going to show you where you have ten dollars to $50,000 hidden in your business. That's child's play for me. I'm not only going to show you where that's at, I'm going to give you strategies on how to uncover that money that's hidden in your business. Now, you can either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com and click on the AP Mastery tab at the top of the page. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that Men of Abundance can take today. Yeah, so, I mean, first and foremost, clarify what your priorities are. I would really take the time to document and write them down. I have to look at my priorities every single morning just to make sure that they're in order. So for me, it's God, and then my emotional and physical well-being, and then it's my kids, and then it's my job. And so when I'm really clear on my priorities, I get to watch and make decisions throughout the day. And one of my most favorite things to say to people is honestly, like, I just don't have the capacity to take that on right now. Because I know that I don't want to burn out. I don't want to get into that self-pity hole where I feel overwhelmed. And so I do a really good job of making sure that my priorities are in alignment. The second thing that I would do is, again, just write out your vision. And this isn't what you want to accomplish. This isn't your goals. This is how you want to feel in your life. So do you want, you know, like my 
favorite person in the world, Alana Pratt from Intimate Conversation says, like, you want a soul-shaking, conscious relationship. So how do you want to feel with your partner? How do you want to feel professionally? Who are the people that you want to work with? And and just realize that that vision, like, you can feel fantastic and extraordinary when you're clear about it. And so writing out that vision and knowing what help you need, and sometimes that means I need help removing toxic people from my life, or I need help communicating with my partner better, whatever that may be. You know, and the third thing is create daily disciplines that you really are committed to, whether you feel like it or not. You know, I practice every single morning, you know, just a routine where I go through and and do my devotionals. I review my I am statements, which I'm a big believer in, and and really re-clarifying what my mindset's going to be. And, you know, my number one rule in my life is nobody steals my joy. And I've got to be armed for that. And so that's how I do it. And then I journal And then that's normally where I spend my time doing my creative writing or working on an article that I'm publishing that week or whatever it may be. So just getting daily disciplines down and just staying committed to them because we've got to figure out how to move forward without asking ourselves this question, do I feel like doing this? Because with this humanness comes just, I mean, there's just an aspect of laziness, which is not doing what we're supposed to be. Doesn't mean that you're just eating bonbons, watching soap operas on the couch. It could mean that you're popping on ESPN at work and you're really not creating that abundant, you know, rich life that you wanted to live. So those three things are, are really how I would recommend that you get started. Well, absolutely. Wonderful action steps. I absolutely love this. So guys, listen, go back and listen to that a couple times. Write it down. You know I'm big about writing stuff down. And write that down. Get it jotted down so that you can follow those action steps. What daily habits? You already mentioned a couple daily habits for sure. What other daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Yeah, I would tell you, you know, meditation is a big part of, of, of what I believe allows me to be conscious, but I'm not the woo-woo meditation person. Like the way that I meditate is honestly just setting the intention that for five minutes a day, I'm going to focus on letting go. And so a lot of us have so many attachments, whether it's attachments towards how people are going to behave, act, what we expect of life. And I just make that conscious effort, like whatever I'm holding on to, wherever the resistance is, is going to continue to persist in my life. So how can I let this go? And so I just kind of do my own meditation practice where I just breathe in, let and and breathe out, go. And I just, I stay focused in that moment so that I can let go of whatever it is that I'm carrying. So, you know, I'm again, type A, so I'm not going to go, you know, to a retreat and not talk for two weeks. That sounds like torture to me. Um, <laughs> but I found ways that I can develop, you know, more presence and gratitude in my life. And and gratitude is just something, you know, that it is a daily practice for me, whether it is, you know, basically just being grateful that there is a Starbucks. You know, I was speaking at a college last night and I was cracking up because there was no life before lattes for these people, Mm. you know, honestly. And there was no Starbucks when I was growing up. Like we didn't have coffee and spend $5 on it every single day. So instead of, you know, being impatient, like so many people are in Starbucks, you know, I've heard just people just irate that somebody ordered a large coffee instead of a vente. And you're like, wow, what? 
what a mindset. I'm so grateful for my own because I'm just grateful that this coffee is warm and and that I have a place to go and and listen and and listen to music and relax and enjoy it. So really, just making gratitude and and patience a daily practice as well. Yeah, that's. I'm snorting. That's actually so funny. <laughs> that was said. awesome, Wally. <laughs> That's awesome that you said that about Starbucks because I'll go into a Starbucks and Jen, I'll get my wife. She gets the same thing every time and I just get a coffee and, yeah. you know, that's my thing. You know, once in a while I get the caramel macchiato, but you're absolutely right. Growing up, us kids didn't have that stuff. And now I see teenagers drinking coffee, which, it, you know, it's here nor there, but, you know, they're paying $5 for a coffee as opposed to 25 cents, which we could get from the corner store, you know, back in the day or even... It, if you did get something from the store, generally it was just a pot of coffee at home that was always brewing, you know? Yeah, and That's you know, Wally, just, I know that we don't have much time, but just to share a quick story on that, because everything's about perception. And my children live a blessed life. And, you know, I, I try to cook them breakfast every morning and, and whatnot so that they head off to school. And, and the other morning, you know, 13-year-old moody kid comes down, his breakfast is on the counter, you know, made. And he looks at me and goes, That's not what I wanted to eat. And I sat for a moment, but I realized because I had just listened to a podcast the day before on somebody talking about, you know, when they went through the drive through, they, you know, there was no, the parents didn't ask them what they wanted. But my child's generation has been all about parents asking them, what do you want to eat? And so they're navigating all these choices. And so they don't have any other perception. It's what's we, what we've created for them. And, you know, we only went out to eat maybe once a month when I was growing up. Mm. But the children of this generation really need us to sit with this honest place where I just looked at him and I just said, bless your heart. And that was it. And then I moved on. It was like, well, this is what you are going to have. So don't have a fit, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I didn't engage. There was nothing there. But we've got to learn and understand that a lot of these things like gratitude are just things that we have to teach. Mm -hmm. Like my son didn't come with a gratitude meter that's off the charts. Like I have to teach him to be more grateful. I have to let him sit with the discomfort of not getting what he wants instead of saying, oh, sweetie, let me get you something else because I want to be super mom. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And that, and I would love to build on to that because that is absolutely very important point to build on. But we're going to move on for this particular show. <laughs> what do you? What, what would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to, and why? Yeah. So from a reading perspective, um, it just really depends again on where you want to focus your growth. And one of the things that I coach on is creating an annual growth plan for yourself. Because if you're type A like me, you want to get it all done and there's just never enough time and you just pour into it. But so what I'd say is just really figure out which area of your life that you believe needs to have the most intention placed around it. So it might be a relationship, it might be business, finances, health, you know, personal, whatever it may be. And then and then start finding things that are going to be able to help lead you to that place. So for an example, when I prioritize becoming more conscious and present in my life, you know, Power of Now and New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, um, Untethered Soul, um, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra, we're all just right there 
for me to turn to and I've read them so many times it's unbelievable and they've all helped me you know with my consciousness movement but if you're looking to build prosperity for yourself and finances you know are a big area that you want to focus on you know I love um Hal Elrod's new book Miracle Morning for for Millionaires which is just giving you the right mindset that you need to start your day with so that you can go out and focus on creating this abundance of prosperity, which of course is so that you can impact more people, not so that you can selfishly, you know, just consume more. So I would just say those are those are books right now that I've just read. And again, you know, Five Love Languages that you mentioned is an awesome one if you're really focused on relationships. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent um, suggestions on reading. And I've read most of those books as well myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not The Miracle Morning for Millionaire. I've read Mi- uh, Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs. It was co-written by one of my past guests, um, Cameron Harold. Uh, which awesome. is Yeah, that's an excellent one, too, but I'll have to grab a hold. So basically, th- there's many different spinoffs to The Miracle Morning. It's just co-written by other folks. But um, yeah, I totally get that. And that's right in line with what you were talking about earlier about kind of develop becoming the person that you have to be and becoming the business owner or the entrepreneur the the you know the real estate agent or whatever the case may be being becoming who you need to be in order to see the success that you want and it's those habits that are what's so important yeah and I just would tell you that I would encourage mastery before you move on to another area and trust that, you know, if relationships is an area that you really need to develop, that as you improve your relationships and you focus only on the relationship aspect, it doesn't mean that you quit doing your job, but you put a lot of focus on there. It's going to spill over into every other area of your life and every other area of your life is going to start to improve. You know, I spent a year, to be honest with you, on my annual growth plan on detachment. And it was because I spent so much of my time being disappointed in other people that I knew that I had to really focus on becoming more detached so that I could let go. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just dug into it. It was just every day. What can I read on detachment? How do I become more detached and less, you know, dependent on the outcome? So it will, whatever you feel in your heart is the area that you need to focus on. That's where I'd spend the time reading. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I've said that oftentimes myself. And guys, listen, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. It's, it's, it's nice and catchy. But the fact of the matter is, I see people, they say, well, I've read 100 books this year. Great. But what have you achieved? Out of all, you know, have you grown at all? Have you achieved anything that you wanted to achieve? What was your purpose for reading those books? And they're reading, like, say, for instance, if they're trying to become the best copywriter and they're reading eight different authors, well, you're learning eight different styles and trying to develop your own instead of actually mastering one of those techniques type of thing. Yeah, Molly, that's a great point. Because sometimes we don't trust our own intuition and instincts and gifts that we have to develop whatever it is that we want. And sometimes, I mean, we need to learn from other people and have those mentors, but we've got to also stay rooted in our authentic self as we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. That's a great way to sum it up. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? I believe that what holds most people back is just having their block 
in their life, you know, that, that they prefer. And, and a lot of times when I say that is that I think sometimes we can get addicted to being a victim and we just don't even realize it. And so what's going to hold most people back is just not having a clear vision. And the only way that you're going to get a clear vision is to remove all the barriers, whether that's limiting beliefs or stories that you've told, things that have happened to you in your past that have created, you know, this hard shell and hardened your heart, or you've kept yourself in isolation. You know, it's those blocks that hold us back because most people are going to say, I want to live a successful and abundant life. And you and I scratch our heads and you're like, well, then why don't you do it? You know, it, it just seems so simple. But, mm -hmm. you know, the walls that we build up, that little voice that guides us or, you know, whatever it may be, is really what's going to prevent you from moving forward. So you've got to you've got to figure out what your blocks are. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I've never heard a term put put that way in, in identifying and removing your blocks uh, as opposed to just going forward. Uh, but I absolutely love that. Yeah, and you can't go forward. You know, in neuro-linguistic programming, we call them away from values. Or mm -hmm. I talked about them a lot, you know, as being self-sabotage mechanisms. Or other people just, you know, do call them blocks. Whatever it is, it's it's a barrier. And, and when we look at it as we face our day, how much subconsciously is happening, whether running away from fear, not leaning into discomfort, you know, not having a range of emotions that, you know, is very wide, all of those things are going to block us from experiencing that extraordinary and abundant life. So you've got to get help from people like yourself that are really going to be able to help identify these things and help you move forward. Right, because in my mind... Even if you go over the block or go around the block or go under it or otherwise just dodge it, the block is still going to be there. Always. Yeah. Always going to be there. You know, perfectionism is something that I've had to deal with my entire life. And it ran the first 30 years of my existence. And I still see it every day. You know, social media has made it a little worse because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody liked my post as if it matters. Oh, wow. um, you know, and so I rub up against it every day. It still shows up. And I just, you know, I just see it as another lane on the freeway that I'm not going to get into. It's yeah. there. I'm just not going to get into it. And you know what? There's, there's, you know, maybe the lane I'm in is not as fast because it's harder for me to stay, you know, true to myself. It'd be a lot easier to just allow my little voice to guide me, but I'm not going to. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. And it's constant work. It's a constant work in progress, and you got to stay on top of it. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Yeah, living a life of abundance to me means that you feel deep in your soul that you're connected to a higher power that's moving you forward, and your job is really just to sit with whatever discomfort or challenges that life brings you with the lens of opportunity that you're going to grow through ev through whatever it is that you face. And, and really just living that abundant life means that you're rich with love and you also aren't, you know, basically just distracting yourself from all of, you know, the things that you bring with you on this journey, that you face the fears, that you get outside of your comfort zone, that you make that constant intention that you're going to make difficult choices so that your life becomes easier over time. Wonderful. Excellent answer. I love that. So we are definitely going to have bigvoicesrise.com forward slash abundance linked up in the show notes. Uh, 
what else would you like for us to um, yeah. have linked up? And, and please share with us something that we didn't uh, talk about in our conversation already. Yeah, so on that page, what we have for you is we actually have a Big Voices Essential Toolkit that goes through uh, some of the things that we talked about today, clarifying your priorities, getting your vision done, um, identifying your self-sabotage mechanisms. There's actually a trigger management plan in there and a thought management strategy as well for you. And then a video on reducing stress, which we know is probably the number one killer um, for most people right now. It just comes up in many different diseases. And also just a free download from the chapter and, and you can buy the book straight there on that on the website as well. But what I would just like to leave everyone with just from the bottom of my heart is that you can create whatever reality you want. And when you believe that, if you don't believe it right now, try to step into it and just develop that belief because when you do and, and there's going to be things that, are, that you're hit with. The challenges are going to come, whether it's ailing parents or challenges with your children, jobs, markets, whatever it may be. When you have that belief, it is so much easier to stay in an abundance than it would be if you don't. So just choose that belief for yourself and know that, again, you can create whatever possibility that you could ever envision for your life, that you can feel extraordinary and filled with joy on a daily basis, no matter what suffering comes at you. Excellent. Absolutely wonderful. Great conversation. I know it would be super excited for what you have going on. I want you to go out and live your life of abundance. And Kelly, keep paying it forward because it's making a huge difference in the world. Oh, Wally, it's been awesome being here with you. And I wish you guys all the best as well. And I'm excited to see your book get to the finish line. <laughs> Me too. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right, guys, so action step that I have for you today is one, find somebody who you know and trust, even if it's somebody that you have to pay, somebody that's an outsider that will tell you what you need to hear. Somebody's going to sit you down, have a conversation with you, and help you identify your blocks. This is specifically important for you if you feel that you are stuck in life, in your career, in relationships, whatever the case may be. If you feel you're stuck, it's because you have a block. It's not because of the other person. It's not because of your boss. It's not because of your clients or customers or spouse. It's not because of someone or something outside of you. Stop having the victim mentality. Realize what's holding you back is something within yourself. Self-limiting belief, self-sabotage, your, your thermostat. I've talked about the thermostat before. you got to figure out what that is. And then start developing strategies to get around that. Guys, I want to hear your progress. So make sure that you become a member of the Facebook group, the Men of Abundance community. And you can do that by going to menofabundance.com and clicking on the Members Only tab on any of the screen, on any of the pages, and request access to that group. That's where we continue in the conversation from these episodes. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.